Welcome to If Life Were Perfect. I'm Laura Meyer, and with me is my husband, Josh. Hey, guys. Okay, so today we are talking about home buying, and this is a topic that comes up all the time. We live in Orange County, and it seems like we have a lot of friends that want to buy a house or maybe haven't done it yet or waiting on the market, or you have other people where they've had life changes, maybe a divorce, they're debating, should I buy a home, those types of things. And so we want to help take you through a process and some questions questions that you can ask yourself if you are wondering if you should buy a home and kind of how to approach it, which is a little bit different, right, than if you Google buying a home. Yeah, a lot of times it's just going to be, okay, how much money? What's the interest rate? Can you afford it? You know, and that just kind of leaves it as a numbers game. But, you know, we want to make your perfect life. We don't want it to just be all about numbers. It's like, how does home buying fit into your if life were perfect list? So then you not only can buy the home, but you can buy the home that you want to have, too. So you can really be excited about it. I was an early home buyer when I got out of law school because I lived in a very inexpensive place when I first got out of law school. So I had gone through that process a little bit. But trying to buy a home in a place like Orange County, there's nothing like it. Well, probably D.C., Manhattan, Chicago, and San Francisco. Yeah, any of the big cities and stuff, <laughs> I'm sure. Any of the big that... cities. But, I mean, it's like looking. It's very daunting. It's right? An... It's like looking at, like, Mount Everest and being like, I have to climb that. And so I think for a lot of people, even if they have money, it's still overwhelming. It's still a huge purchase. I mean, it's not a small feat at all. And it's probably something, too, if you've never done it before, or even if you have, there's just so many unknowns. There's so many things that you have to factor and consider. It's such a major impact on so many different areas of your life. It is a big decision. It's not something you want to take lightly. And that's why we have this process so you can really find that perfect house that's going to kind of check all the boxes. Yeah. So we do own a home here in Newport Beach, um, but prior to buying the home, a few few years ago, we were renting here. And so we had to go through that process where we realized, oh my gosh, you know, here we've been renting and the market is going back up. You know, it crashed kind of in 2009, but then it was rapidly going back up and it was started to create a feeling of panic and we saw the rents rising. And then as you'll recall, I shared with you how much I loved my landlord at the place we were renting. Well, and we were um, bursting at the seams and we went from two kids to four kids. That's that's yeah, a lot more people. House. I mean, I still remember being out in the backyard and I was holding our youngest baby and my neighbor said, whose baby is that? And I was like, it's ours. She was so confused. She's like, you had another baby? I'm like, I know. I've just been pregnant like this whole time. But yes, we were we completely had outgrown our house and it, we needed to move. So the first question we asked ourselves that we want you to ask if you're looking at your living situation or making a change is, do you even want to buy a home? Yeah, I mean, because that's that's a question that you have. I mean, that's something that we had to go through is like, okay, should we continue to rent? Should we buy? And there's a lot of different things that were factored into that process. Well, and for us, we weren't totally on the same page if we wanted to buy, surprise. There's different things that we were considering because when you're looking at rent versus buying, to me, you know, the home was much more of a practical thing, right? And so it was all about kind of the numbers. Did it fit within the budget? Did it accommodate our family size? You know, it was more practical types of things from the home. You know, certainly I like to live in a nice place and have extra amenities, but it was much more of a practical thing for me. And so I had different considerations than you probably did. Yeah, I think you wanted to buy eventually, but should we be doing something else with our money? I think that was part of your thing too. And for me, I mean, yes, the practical aspects um, are important, but for me, it was way more emotional as well. Uh, and I don't know if it's a total female thing, but I felt like the home was a personal reflection of me as a person. And it's like where I'm raising my little bear cubs, right? And so I was like, I am so tired of showering in this 
shower. I hate it. I can't remodel it because I don't own the home. I want to host, you know, more events here, but I hate that the wood floor is falling apart. And I think, too, it's just this lack of stability feeling, like getting the landlord letters of we're raising the rent or you're going to be evicted and things like I'm going to sell the property and not having that long-term certainty. Um, it just made me feel like a huge lack of security. And I didn't want that anymore. Like I wanted my own home. I wanted to do what I wanted with it. And I wanted to like nest and like raise my little tribe there. Yeah. And those are things from my mind, but it was really just coming into like, you know, what was the bigger priority for us and how did that all come together? And I think for us, what we had to do is really really look at kind of our if life were perfect list and say, how does this all fit together? Because we each kind of have our needs and priorities. And so renting versus buying, how does that fit into the equation for meeting kind of both of our needs? And so when we went through that list and we went through some of these other questions, it made that decision a lot clearer. Usually if there's something that I really, really want, um, I could get you on board. And you did get on board with the idea of buying. For sure. And I think as we go through these kind of these other questions that we were thinking about, it made buying make a lot more practical sense and financial sense as well. And so it made it a lot easier of a decision. Even though we weren't on the same page, we still went through this process and asked these questions. And then it actually changed your opinion on whether it was a good time to buy. I mean, renting versus buying, a lot of it was the, can we afford this? What does it cost? And I think that's, you know, that's the next question that we really considered is, okay, what can we afford from a house standpoint? Yeah, and so one of the things that we did is we did talk with a broker. The broker's the person that talks to the lender. So the lender's the person that actually gives you money. The broker's the person that will go and check out rates. There's a lender, the company, which you can go to directly. For example, like Bank of America, that would be a lender because they're actually giving you the funds. The question was, you know, like, what could we afford? And by talking with our broker, Andrew, he was able to like run the numbers and help us to understand what we even pre-qualified for, how much of a home we could afford and get a loan for, what down payment we would need to come up with, what the monthly payment would be, those types of things. And that was helpful because even though we didn't identify exactly yet where exactly we were going to buy or what type of home or anything like that, by kind of knowing the numbers, it helped me understand like, okay, this is kind of my range, if you will. And if I didn't like that range, if I, you know, find something in a different area that's more expensive or whatever, now I at least know what I would need to do to get to those numbers and what those numbers are. Well, yeah, because I mean, the other thing to factor in too, you know, there's the amount that you can qualify for the loan and kind of what you need for a down payment, but you also want to factor that into, okay, how does that fit into my overall budget? Because maybe you don't want to give up certain other aspects of your life, or maybe you're willing to do things, keep things a little bit tighter so you can save up for that down payment and you can continue to make that monthly mortgage. That's something that just really just needs to be factored in. How does it fit into your overall budget, your overall lifestyle? And the goals, because I know for us, one of the big questions was, well, should we just pay off all the student loans first? then buy, you know, the order of things. There's no or shortage. Or put it away for retirement or savings or whatever it yeah, was. Yeah, or invest more in a business. I mean, there's tons of competing interest. And so it does help to take a step back and think about that. Like, not just what can I afford, but like, do I want to allocate this money then towards that versus something else? Right. And I think that really ties into kind of the next thing. Okay, now Is now the right time to buy? Yeah. And that can be personal considerations, but then also external considerations like what the market is doing. Where are interest rates? What is the availability of homes right now? What is the pricing of homes? Are they going up or down? Those are all kind of the external factors that you want to 
think about and consider. I would say too, I mean, because we wrestled with that, um, especially any of us that like lived through the 2009 downturn on homes. Um, I had a property that had gone underwater because of that. I had to end up, you know, renting out and selling once the market came back. But, you know, I think a lot of us are gun shy, right, about home buying because of the fact that we saw the home prices go drastically down and we didn't want to be the ones that we felt like got fooled and great. We bought at the peak and now next year the market has crashed. Or just really just bought something that we couldn't truly afford and not running the numbers and stuff like that. We didn't want to end up in that scenario. Yeah, or getting stuck in a home that wasn't going to be right for us long term, but we're upside down and can't sell. Right. So that was kind of the external things we had to think about. But really, it was my neighbor who helped me understand this a little bit better because I read all the time and I still do like the market reports and the predictions. And, you know, first it was 2017. Everyone thought the homes would come down. And now what? We're at the end of 2019. And now everybody's saying no next year. And, you know, so a couple things about that is, you know, well, one, I should say Warren Buffett always says you can't time the market. It's all about time in the market. So who knows what's going to happen? Yeah, I mean, you can be the follow it every single day. I, I, who knows? I mean, who there's knows? so many variables. It's just like the stock market and stuff. There's just a ton of variables. Yeah. But you want to just make the best educated decision. Right. And so I explained this to my neighbor. We, at the time where we were renting, we had two awesome neighbors on both sides of us who were our dad's ages. And I was talking to them outside. And one of them, Peter, he owned a few properties. And I always knew it was just good with money. I wanted to talk to both our neighbors about like, do you think this is a good idea? And he said, have you thought about how long you're going to stay in a house? And I said, yeah, we want to, we can stay in a house long term. So we're not looking to do like a quick flip. It can accommodate us long term, the one that we were looking at. Right. And then he said, okay, and can you afford the down payment? And we said, yeah, we can do that. And he said, can you afford the mortgage? I said, yes. And he said, can you get a normal loan where it's not like a funky adjustable, just a normal loan? We said, yeah, we can. He said, if that's the case and you love the home, then make them an offer they can't refuse and go for it. And he did say as much as I would hate to lose you as a neighbor, which I doubt because we were probably so loud, but no, it was very they, sweet. They were awesome. But yeah, and he, he said, you know, at some point you just got to get in the game, Yeah, you know, until you're in the game, like you can't, you know, you don't, you can't win or lose at it. You have to at some point just get into the game. Yeah. And so I think those are important things for you guys listening to consider too, is like, yeah, how long do you plan to live there? Can you afford it? Those types of things, because that's ultimately what's going to be more important than trying to nail down the timing of the market. For sure. As long as it fits within your budget, you can take a lot of kind of that uncertainty out of the equation where if there is a downturn in the economy, as long as you can continue to pay the rent and stuff, if you're not moving out, it doesn't matter. You're going to have to be paying somewhere. Right. The next thing, once we kind of thought, okay, we know we want to buy, we know that we want to do it now versus using our money for other things. We kind of know what we can afford. Then the question became, where do you want to live? And the irony of that question was, we were thinking initially within the context of what we could afford based on talking to the lender. And we started driving all over to other neighborhoods in Orange County, not just our own, thinking like, what do we want to get? Because maybe we do want like a bigger house, more bang for our buck, that kind of stuff than what we could get in Newport. But I think it was finally after driving all over one night, we said, okay, this is ridiculous. Let's think for a second. If life were perfect and money wasn't an obstacle, where would we want to live? And we went through, right, all the things that were important to us, like in terms of where we wanted to live. We wanted to be close to work. 
We wanted our kids to be in a safe environment. We wanted them to be able to go to good schools. We wanted to have, you know, kind of neighbors we could relate to, kind of just were that were similarly situated. Yeah. We, I mean, we, we love the outdoors. Yeah, we we like lived the in the outdoors. back bay. We loved that. We loved having kind of the water. We loved having the foresty area. You yeah. Know, we, so basically, we went through this whole analysis and surprise, guess where we wanted to live? The neighborhood we were already in, which is probably why we picked it the first place. But the reason why it was still so great to go through that exercise of if money wasn't an issue and if life were perfect is because then I got super excited about buying in the neighborhood we were already in. It wasn't like a, well, we're already here. We might as well. It was, no, actually, this is our dream. This is what we really want. And so we don't need to spend time driving all over anymore, even looking at other neighborhoods in Newport. This is where we want to be. You know, initially, one of the reasons that we did rent when we moved down here was we weren't sure exactly where we, we thought we knew where we wanted to live. And so this really reaffirmed kind of that choice. And then, like you said, once we did that, it made it so much easier. I mean, it cut the driving and the research oh, time down. Oh my gosh. Now like, it, just, it went from 10 hours on Zillow at, at night to like one hour. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's just now is like, okay, how do we find the right home? How do we find the f- home that works for us in our neighborhood? Yeah. And so we were very focused in, which meant that, you know, remember at the time when we bought, there wasn't like a ton of inventory. It was pretty tight. And so that became a question of, well, like a waiting game of if we want to buy in this neighborhood, you know, what type of home exactly are we looking for? And will one even come on the market? Because that really required us to do an analysis of what our wants were versus needs. Um, so we'd be able to spot the house once it came on. You always hope that the every single thing that you want, you can check off the list comes there. But there are going to be some things that you can compromise on that. You know, it'd be great if you have it, but it's not going to be a, a lifestyle changer or, you know, uh, something where you wouldn't still love the house Right. And so for me, um, and I know this sounds very Newport, so um, you can roll your eyes with me, but my, <laughs> my old house had a bay view from the bedroom. So I could see the sun on the bay every morning. And that was like a beautiful part of that house. Like oh, I just loved awesome. it. It was the best part of the house. Yeah. The, the view and the, the green belts and the, yeah. the backyard were incredible. So I thought I want to have like, I can't give up a bay view, right? I'm like, that's the happiest part of my day. I need to be able to have a bay view. Well, at the time, nothing was coming on. Do you remember? That had a bay view because our neighborhood's not that huge. Nothing was even on the market. And then finally, when something did come on, it was crazy expensive. And it wasn't even like big enough for what our family needed. Well, that's the thing. It was like probably too small. I mean, because we did look at some of them, but it was going to be like, do we want to go into that same type of house with that same type of situation? Our kids weren't getting any smaller, right? (laughs) Right. And so that's why you want to nail down your wants versus needs and know the difference. Obviously, the Bayview was 100% a want. It was not a need. As much joy as it brought me, it wasn't a need. But what was a need to me was that my kids lived in a home where they could ride their bikes without a busy street that I was worried about, which our old house had a busy street, and I would worry about them outside. Um, What was a need is that we had enough space for our family The other thing that I wanted, right, was the beautiful bathroom. Well, guess what? Surprise, you can remodel stuff. You can paint stuff. You can do things like that. And so. And we have. And we, (laughs) we, yes, we have slowly but surely been making ours. But um, anyway, when you look at buying your house, think about what is truly a want and what is truly a need. And I want to say something now. 
So I have girlfriends right now that have gone through divorces and they're in a situation where they're going, what can I even afford? What can I get for my kids? They're looking at homes where they're like, this isn't what I want at all. And um, I was just talking with a friend about this this past weekend. And, you know, this is something I've learned since buying a home. But the reality is what you need is a safe place full of love for your kids. Yes, you may want a Bayview or we may want to avoid any type of a commute. And all of those things are good. You know, they're good. They're practical, whatever. Some of them. Um, but at the end of the day, like what our kids need is us loving them in a safe environment and in a happy place. And so let's take a little bit of the pressure off for all of us who are, are looking to buy a home. There will be a place, a perfect place for your family. You may have to give up some of the wants. It doesn't mean it's forever, but you will like no matter what your situation is, you will be able to give your family what you actually need. All of these questions that we go through, it's part of a process. And it's something where this is going to continue to change and you can continue to go through this process. I mean, we even go through it now sometimes. We're like, okay, well, is this house still meeting all of kind of those needs and kind of wants and things like that? And so it's a great kind of fun exercise to be able to do. And I mean, the great thing is, you know, we've been able to go through this exercise right now and we're still really excited about our house. We love where we live and just the experiences that we've had in the ones that, you know, we'll continue to have, you know, raising our family there. Yeah. So hopefully this was helpful for you. We'd love to hear how it's going for you or where you're at in the home buying experience. You can go to Instagram and we're at meet the Myers. It's M-E-I-E-R-S. We'd love to follow you back if you follow us and we'd love for you to send us messages so we can find out how we can best support you in this process. Also, you know, make sure to follow us on Apple Podcasts, subscribe, rate and review and, you know, share it with your friends. You know, hopefully that this was helpful. You know, it's probably something that a lot of your friends are thinking about. So, you know, feel free to share it with them. We'll have this week's quick step at the end of this episode. But up next, we have our mailbag segment where we answer your questions. If you have a question or problem and you'd like our advice, please email us at meyer at ifliferweperfect.com and we'll let you know what we think and maybe even use your question on the show. That email address is M-E-I-E-R at ifliferweperfect.com. Our first mailbag question is from Jay, and Jay asks, Hi, Josh and Laura. I have heard so many different things regarding down payments and competing with cash buyers. I know in most places in the country, you can get an FHA or VA loan with 3% down. However, in California, where the home prices are much higher, they go over the FHA loans. What is the minimum you can put down on a home? Yeah, this is a great question and something, you know, anytime that you're looking at home buying, you need to figure out, okay, what do I need for a down payment? And this is why it's really important to talk to a lender or a broker who can really explain to you kind of all of the different programs and options that are out there because those are always changing and evolving and the rules are always changing and evolving. And so you really need to work with a professional who understand those rules and can really understand your situation too because you not only want to look at what's the minimum, you also want to look at, okay, what really fits into your budget and for your family's goals because it sometimes it may be better 
better to pay a little bit more, put a little bit more down um, because there may be some other benefits from interest rate, from you know continuing payments, all of those different types of things. And so by working with a lender or broker, they're going to be able to help you analyze it, not from just a what is the minimum, but what is going to really work best for your situation. Yeah. And I just wanted to add on to that in terms of your concern about competing with cash buyers, because we had that concern ourselves when we bought our home, because it seemed like so many people in Newport, where we live, were just paying cash straight out for these expensive homes. I wanted to tell you, though, we just talked with a friend last week who closed on this big home up on the hill. And she said that they had to beat out a cash buyer. And they were coming in with a loan, our friend who actually got the home. She said they even offered less than the cash buyer, but they got it because they wrote this letter about their family and how much they love the home. And it just turns out that that was a family home that was being sold. And they really wanted to see that home go to someone that would appreciate it and love it as much as them. And so cash buyers, like, I mean, that is that is daunting when you think about going up against them. But just remember, not everyone only factors in what they're going to make off of the house. There are emotional components as well. That's something we did when we purchased our house. Our realtor had us do. And so that's another reason why to work with a professional, such as a realtor who kind of understands the things beyond just, okay, do I like this house or what are the numbers? There's a, there are other kind of you know non-numbers kind of factors that, that play into this. All right. So our next question is from Rose and she says, my husband and I have been looking to buy a home for quite a while for us and our kids. We have been renting up until now. Is buying a home that needs to be renovated creating a money pit problem or is it a good investment? Also, what about HOAs? I have heard so many horror stories. To the first point about, you know, whether you should renovate a home or buy one that's turnkey, I mean, there's a lot that's involved there. I mean, a lot of it depends on your kind of personality, kind of what your preference is, what kind of other options you have. So I think really kind of anytime you're making a purchase is really just making sure you're fully thinking through how this all plays out. Yeah, I think that's important because I I don't think it's necessarily one is better versus the other. I think it's just know the overall cost. And and that's where you have to do the analysis. If this is a home where you literally can't live in it unless you're replacing the roof and you're rebuilding walls and things like that, that can be fine if you're buying it for cheaper, but just know going in what it's going to cost. Because we've had a few friends that have moved in those types of homes and they end up moving because they're like, I just, I can't take that on. Um, And so I would definitely do that. And then the other thing is just to know your personalities, because I know for us, Josh, when we were looking at homes and we, we saw a few that could be renovated, I just thought there's no way I want to invite this fight between us, getting us to agree on every single thing to redo, feeling displaced and being under construction. I just knew that wasn't something we could take on. Other people, they love it. And it's great for them from a money standpoint. So know your personality and know what you're getting into from a financial cost, do the numbers, and then you'll be able to answer that question for yourself. Working with professionals, I mean, you really need to have a contractor who you really trust, who can really walk you through. So you can really understand not only from a budgetary standpoint, but from a timing standpoint standpoint, because that's a major factor in kind of all of this, because when you're building the house, that means also to you, you're having to rent somewhere else or pay a mortgage on somewhere else. And so just really be able to totally understand the numbers. Yeah. And understanding how long your city will take to approve your permit requests. Yeah. That's another huge nightmare people experience. As far as the HOA goes, I mean, 
again, there's no right or wrong on this. There's oh, pros and cons. Don't let me answer this. <laughs> yeah, no, Laura's C-141. got into it. C-141. That is the, the number. The guy doesn't even have a name that comes by and tickets me at my own house all of the time. Yeah, and so that can be annoying and stuff. But then there's also positives because, you know, our neighborhood looks great and it's clean and it's safe. And so, you know, there's pros and cons. And I think, again, this is just becoming educated as far as, you know, know what the HOA rules are so you can, you know, follow them. And then talking to people in advance, talking to neighbors, say, okay, how does this play out from a day-to-day standpoint? And is it something where, you know, some of the rules may be annoying, but can you live with them? Or is there something that truly is a deal breaker? Then you really need to know that in advance before purchasing your house. So for today's quick step, we want to help you understand what can you even afford as of right now. And again, maybe it's not exactly like enough for the neighborhood you want to be in, but just know where you're at because once we know where you're at, then we can help you get to where you want to be. And one of the best ways that you can determine what you can afford is to work with a lender or a broker who can help run those numbers for you and give you a sense of what you qualify for in terms of the overall cost, what your down payment would need to be, and what type of monthly payment you would be looking at. And then you can run through kind of all of these other things that we talked about, where you want to live and you know what the right house is and stuff. But until you kind of know and understand those numbers, you're not going to be able to go through that process. And don't be discouraged if the numbers aren't where you want them to be. Keep listening to the podcast. We have tons of great tips and tools um, because remember, we had to go through this ourselves. And if we can make it, you guys can make it. Um, we're in this together. So we want to wish you guys great luck on that. If you want to be getting our quick step for this episode and all of our episodes, just go to lifeorperfect.com and you could get them in your inbox as they're released. Thanks to everyone for listening. Uh, next week, we'll be back with an episode on blending beliefs. It's an issue that comes up in almost every family and it can cause a lot of stress and strife and it doesn't have to. In our next episode, we'll share some techniques and perspectives that'll help you find compromise and treat one another with respect. That's next time on If Life Were Perfect. Have a great week, everyone. Bye, guys.